Hey guys, we are back with another Swish Wadlad Super Rugby Preview and I am pumped for Magic Round. Very jealous of anyone who is going along this weekend. Um, next year, Wadlad is looking to do some tours. Uh, Tojo is looking to run some Wadlad tours. So the Magic Round is high on the list, along with maybe State of Origin with Colsey and a few others. Maybe Warriors with Surly. There's plenty of <laughs> options for Wadlad tours. So um, we're just in early stages of planning, but... I'm getting excited just talking about it. But since we can't be at the Magic Round this weekend, um, the next best thing is to get a video message from one of your favourite sports stars through Swish. Mother's Day is around the corner, so getting your mum a Swish is a great shout. And if my co-host's mum is anything like her son, um, I'm sure she'd absolutely love a Swish. What do you reckon, Surly? Who would your mum want a Swish from? Oh, that's tough, eh? There's there's plenty of great options out there. To be fair, she is partial to a young footy lad, eh? So <laughs> she, easy easy box tick for her, and, and she'd be massive fizz with a swish. Oh, mate, she could get anyone. Ruben Love for only 20 bucks. Oh. Use the code MUM10, 10% off. Oh, just discounts galore. And a huge amount of those proceeds do go to Kiwi Kids Charity, so you can feel good about that present as well. But what a round of super rugby Round nine treated us to potentially the best game of the year, Blues versus the Crusaders. We will start there. Surly, you said Auckland Blues will not lose, and you were bang on again. Shit, what a game, eh? Parked up on the couch, Friday night footy, ripped into a few Joe Rum and Cocos, and what a spectacle she was in the end. That tempo in that game, eh, that was relentless, and I reckon that's the one that New Zealand rugby needed to get bums back on seats in the stands and people tuning in, so... Great game. That Bodie Barrett-Richie Mwanga matchup, that really lived up to all the hype. And then I thought big Dalton Papali'i, he really put his hand up to the All Black selectors and, and showed that he's a world-class player. So a heck of a game. Love that one and a great result. Never in doubt up the mighty blues. <laughs> yeah, mate, it did have everything. It was high speed, high quality, just real good quality foot in. You mentioned the two tens, man. I loved watching that battle between them. Both of them doing everything they could to get their side across the line and both put on unreal performances. Uh, you called Bodie to be lad of the week and he wasn't far off. He put in some shift, but you're right, Dalton Popoliti, another outstanding effort from him. Uh, he took out the lad of the week, so fair play to him. The other game was Rebels versus the Reds. Now, I'm not too sure about this game. This one was hard match to follow after the first one. Wasn't sure what to make of the Reds, whether they weren't as good as I thought they were or like you suggested in the preview last week, that the Rebels are actually improving and improving quite quickly. Yeah, I think it might be a bit of a combo of both. Eh? I thought the Rebels left plenty of opportunities out there to score points. Um, and I think Melbourne have improved. I thought it was going to be a bit of a blowout there for a little while, but the Rebels kind of never gave up and, and scored some good points to keep it close. I thought Taniela Tupo made a massive difference when he came on. He killed that Rebels scrum. And probably in the end, a bit of a disappointing performance from the Reds, but they get the points and they move on. I guess their first real test will be this weekend. So Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see how this form stacks up between the two conferences. And we do have an Aussie guru coming on for the preview part of the show. So looking forward to getting a little bit of an insight into the Aussie game over there. But the next game was the Chiefs versus Moana. We all picked this one. Um, no real surprises in this game. What would you make of the game? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty exciting watch. I thought the Chiefs didn't quite nail their dominance in terms of 
turning their possession and territory into points. Um, Moana's set piece continues to be their kryptonite. Um, I thought Bryn Gatland controlled things really well, and it was another strong performance from them. I think Moana will be pretty relieved to be heading over the ditch, uh, sitting in the bottom of the table at the moment. I'm not sure that's quite a fair reflection of the majority of their efforts they've put in, but... Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll be heading over there looking to rack up some wins. I've been really impressed with Josh Lord, eh? the young young lock. Um, obviously, he was with the All Blacks last year, but I think he's really stepped up his physicality, and you don't really notice them without Brody Retallick as much as I thought you would. So fair play to him. I reckon he's been pretty impressive. He has been, and a couple of guys who really stood out for me was someone you previewed in the show, or I'm not sure if it was Goody or not, but Alex Nankerville, again, another massive game from him. Just classy touch, especially on attack, defending really well in that midfield as well. And Nanai Satoru, we've spoken about all the potential all-black wingers who wouldn't look out of place on an all-black wing. He's another one. He is so electric, so dangerous. Um, get him on the back of an all-black backline, and that guy could be anything. So he really reminds me. I keep he keeps reminding me of Roger Tuivasa-Shek, but with a bit more rugby intellect, I guess you could say. So um, it's going to be interesting seeing. Rogers returned this weekend, but how Nanai Satoru really kicks on the rest of the season. Yeah, he's, he's a nightmare one-on-one. You'd hate to be an opposition winger going up against him. And then we saw him on the weekend running the, that inside channel off the back of the line out. Mismatches galore there, and he's, yeah, that, that footwork, mate, I'm very jealous of that. Would do anything to have some feet like that. Yeah. And the next game, Highlanders versus the Hurricanes. This was, I guess the best way to describe this was controversial uh, I mentioned at the start of the year in this competition that every time the New Zealand teams play, it generally comes down to one or two moments that win or lose the game. We saw that in the Blues-Crusaders game. We saw that even more so in this game. It literally came down to the very last minute with a decision that genuinely could have gone either way. I wouldn't have been surprised if he awarded that, and I wasn't surprised that he didn't. So a heartbreaking loss for the Highlanders, who who played really well considering the red card and stuff. Um, Banksy played well. His form's gone to a new level. But um, the Canes get the job done. What do you make of the game? I tell you what, I, I don't feel for you Canes fans, man. She's never a relaxing final five minutes, eh? But a good result for you guys. Um, relentless on D. Great discipline in those final few minutes. Like, so easy to give away a penalty there. Um, and that would have cost them the game. Thought Marty Banks played unreal in his milestone game and, and a rare start for him so far this season. So he definitely put his hand up with a big shift, but yeah, again, the Landers right in the fight, lose it at the end, but they'd probably be pretty encouraged by that effort as well, and it's good for them to know that they're right up there. Probably another team excited to get over the ditch and rip into some of these Aussie teams. 100%. You mentioned Marty Banks. Ever since he came on the podcast, his form has gone to a whole new level. He's been given an opportunity. He's taken it. So if there are any other players who want to come on the Super Rugby Preview Show, feel free to message me and um, watch your career go to a whole new level. But I just do, do, I do want to apologise to um, Denny Solomon. I feel like anyone who I highlight in the Highlanders' side is out early with an injury. Last weekend it was Shannon Frizzell. This weekend, Denny Solomona, who picked up a, looked like a pretty nasty injury early. So uh, I do want to send my apologies to you and um, I'll be choosing who I pick very carefully for the Highlanders as a highlighted player this week. Last game of the round was the Force versus the Tars. We all sort of picked the Waratahs in a close one. Uh, Force were pretty disappointing in this one and Waratahs blew it out. What do you make of the game? 
Yeah, just for the force, we always call them gritty every week, but I think mm. their lack of creativity on attack kind of showed here, and it was pretty easy for the Tars to just hold them out. Um, they finished the game with 13 players, but probably still looked the better side at times as well. So they're able to just back their D and, and come away with a good win. So I'm not sure about the force. I think they will end up being one of the bottom teams, but yeah, interesting to watch. Also not sure on the Tars, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll soon find out a little bit more about them after this round for sure. But going into the preview side of the show, we do have the man who knows more about Aussie Co than anyone on the planet join us this weekend from the podcast Rugby Fixation. It is Mitch Evans. Welcome, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Jimmy. Um, more than everyone on the planet. I'm, I'm pretty stoked with that. I'll have to do a background check just to make sure. But, um, yeah, no, it sounds good and keen to be joining the, the Waterlad crew to go through uh, this week of Super Rugby Pacific. Yeah, mate, some of my um, stats are exaggerated, but you do know a lot about Aussie code, that's for sure, and looking forward to getting uh, insight from you. But first game of the round, it's going to be interesting to see how these forms stack up, but the Chiefs versus the Waratahs. Chiefs. I've gone 13 plus in this game, but you might be able to convince me otherwise here. Mitch, what do you reckon? Yeah, sadly, I think this one's right on the cusp of that sort of 13 plus. I think Chiefs probably will just edge it. Um, the big shame is, I think it's um, pretty similar to the last round of 2021. The, the Chiefs got up 40 to 7, and the Waratahs have a really improved side, um, so they should do better than that. But I, I look at that Chiefs team and that back row, Jacobson, Kane, and Soakula, that's just absolutely lightning. I think. If Waratah's stand a chance, it's got to be through the front row because they've got a workhorse pack. Uh, Bell, Parecki, and HAH probably probably rack up 50 tackles uh, combined. So if they can shut them down, it'd be great. But I'm still back in Chiefs probably to, to edge it ahead um, in the 13-plus as well. Mate, love that stat. It's good to have some stats since stats man left and you have come up trumps early. What about you, Surly? Who are you picking in this one? Yeah, I've got the Chiefs 13-plus as well, but I do expect it to be a good game. Also thought the Tars, if they stand a chance, it'll be their pack going at it with the Chiefs. Um, I have been impressed with the Waratahs four-pack, and um, I'm looking forward to that clash. I highlighted uh, Jacobson as my player to watch, so it was good to see Mitch chucking him out there, but excited to see old Quintupire on the wing as well with the amount of talent going around in the midfield for the All Blacks at the moment. I think if he can put in a strong shift in the 11 jersey, it just ticks that box of, of versatility. So excited to see how he goes because I haven't seen him play much there. So. No, 100%, and I think that's a big uh, credit to Nankerville with how well he's going in the midfield to keep Quinn out there. They tried Nankerville on the wing, but they've obviously adjusted a few things. Probably with Nankerville's form, hard to keep him out of that midfield. But Mitch also... Mentioned my highlighted player as well, Sam Kane, the Chiefs loose forward trio. What a trio they have. Sam Kane, criminally underrated, I still feel. He still cops a fair bit of keyboard warrior hate. For some reason, he is such a good player, so underrated, and looking forward to seeing him put in a big shift. Who have you highlighted, Mitch? No doubt one of your Aussies. <laughs> yeah, started with uh, Michael Hooper, I think, just having the, the talismanic captain sort of back in the fold. Um even though he doesn't have the captain's armband on, he's just he's shown his leadership throughout. You know, over 150 games of Super Rugby, he's, he's been around the park so much, and I think the combination he's formed with Charlie Gamble, uh, it, it's sort of reminiscent of the early Pooper days where we've got the two uh, open sides, that, you know, pretty heavy on the ball, and if they can slow down any of the quick ball from the Chiefs, then it's just going to go a long way to trying to limit their score and hopefully build up a bit of scoreboard pressure of their own. 
Love that. Yes, Hooper has been impressive since his return. Eh? Instant impact and big part of the reason why they're going so well, I think. Next game, unfortunately for Moana, another game cancelled due to COVID. This time the Western Force out of nowhere get hit by COVID. What were you going to predict in this one, Mitch? I found this one a real tough one. Yeah, I think when I first looked at it, the line was uh, 0.5 to the Force. was very, very tight. Um, I probably would have backed the Force just because they've got a bit of experience to call upon, but probably only if they had some of their you know, um, type 5 weapons like Isaac Rodder and Tom Robertson back in the fold. Um, the Force, like a lot of the Oz teams, are probably pretty reliant on their starting 15, and as soon as some of those players you know, duck away, it becomes a bit harder to match it with... Um, the New Zealand sides, even more on a Pacifica first year as it may be for them. Mm. So I, I probably would have just edged it to the force. Uh, but it's a real shame we won't get to see these uh, two teams play. I know there were a lot of people um, this side of the ditch very keen to see the Henry Taifu uh, reunion, given he's played for both franchises. And uh, I guess yeah. I'll have to wait a little bit until that happens. What about you, Surly? Yeah, I'm a bit suspicious on this one. Eh? I've heard on good rumours that uh, Melbourne sold out of Red Vivids. The Force players have been put in their own little positive line through the COVID test. They don't want to take on the Moana boys, and fair enough. Not good for the brain cells taking them on, but I was really looking forward to this just to see kind of where Moana are at. Um, mentioned earlier, I think they, they would have been pretty keen to get across the ditch and, and try pick up a few wins and I think the force are right there for the taking, but yeah, I definitely think it would have been a 1-12 to either way kind of game. Yeah, hard to argue there. The next game, this one is happening. Blues versus the Drua. Surely two of your favourite teams going head-to-head. Who are you picking in this one? Yeah, look, unfortunately I'm going to have to back, of course, the main team, the Auckland Blues. Again, they will not lose, but I'm really excited to see that that midfield finally pair up a Bodie, RTS, Rico, I think I'm going to have to strap my ankles just to watch it on the couch. She's going to be razzle-dazzle galore, and, and the drawer will, will well and truly rise to the occasion. But I think they're just going to be too strong across the park, especially over the full 80. If the drawer can put in a good 20-minute shift, then they might score a few points of their own. But I think the Blues looking to go eight wins on the trot, so... Can't see that not happening. It looks like that drew a side's a little bit depleted to its usual squad. Obviously, no Habossi and a few of the guys I usually look out for, but um, I don't know a huge amount of those guys. What about you, Mitch? What do you make of this drew side? Yeah, um, losing Habossi and Apisalomi Vota is probably two of the biggest outs. They've been a lot of the star-studded backline um, power for the for the Fijian team, but mm. I think on top of that, just the loss of Lamani and uh, Teddy Teller as the halves combo is a massive, massive uh, change for them. Um, they put in Penny Matawalu as the starting nine, who's really serviceable, has a pretty nice pass and isn't afraid to run. But Simeone Kuravoli at 10, he's he's primarily a, a scrum half himself. He started the season as their starting nine. So it is a bit odd to see him shift to the 10 jersey, especially when Caleb Munts is um, playing inside centre and he's a fly half as well. So uh, my only reason might be that they're trying to just get a few more kicking options in there just to try and you know pin the Blues back in their own half. But just looking at the team on paper, it looks like it's... Blues all day. Yeah, I can't see anything other. I think this is going to be quite a big score, to be fair. Could be um, around that 50 to in the teens sort of margin. Just the Blues back line, the Blues pack. I just think they've got too much depth for this. Drew aside, and I think we could be seeing a bit of a show for those people going to the Magic Round. Put player I've highlighted is a player that a lot of people will be highlighting, the return of Roger Tovasashek. Uh, we've been speaking about the midfield for a while, he hasn't had a huge amount of time. He's had a game and a half and um, didn't get much of an opportunity against the Crusaders in that one. But um, looking forward to seeing him really put on a show against the Drua. This game will suit him down to a T. And I think he'll get a lot of confidence from this sort of game. Who did you highlight, Mitch? 
Uh, for this one, I looked at Kitione Talinga, um, the Fijian fullback. I think he was someone that showed a bit of promise in the preseason, and just with the you know the quality options they've got, they've had a fair bit of shuffling with the um, outside backs. Um, players like Anissi Ratave and Vinay Hombosi, they've been getting a lot of minutes, and I think seeing someone like Talinga come in at fullback, which is probably the one position they haven't really nailed down. They've had a few players go in and out and haven't had someone that's been uh, overly sure underneath a high ball while also providing that spark and attack. So I'm really hoping that he can be the person that does that. Um, still waiting and hope that Baden Kerr makes his comeback eventually so he can sort of uh, fill that spot because I think having two playmakers out there helps. But um, yeah, in his absence, I think we've got a really exciting running option. And if he gets ball in hand with space, so I expect him to do a bit of damage. Jeez, your knowledge of that Fijian side is impressive. But good to hear a shout-out to Baden Kerr. I know you rate him highly, Surly. But who have you highlighted in this one? Oh, I love a Baden Kerr shout out, but uh, I've gone a bit different here. Not well studied in the dark arts of scrummaging, but I reckon Big Nepo Lalala. He'll be look, licking his lips here. I think the drawer they've really struggled at set piece time, and uh, he'll he'll be looking to have a bit of a field day. So expecting the big fella to have a big day at the office. Good shout. Okay, next game: Hurricanes versus the Reds. Believe it or not, Surly, I'm picking the Hurricanes in this one, and. By a relatively big margin, I'm thinking this was one I was tossing up. If you asked me at the start of the week before I watched the Reds play on the weekend, I would have gone one to twelve. But um, after that performance, I thought um, they're probably not as good as I initially thought, and I'm going the Hurricanes thirteen plus. What have you gone, Surly? Shit, mate, are you feeling all right? That's a bit out the gate from you, but uh, yeah, look, I'm excited for this game. Actually, our first good look at a at a quality Aussie side, an exciting backline name for the Canes, the Reds without James O'Connor. I see, so that's a massive loss for mm. them. Was looking forward to him and Morgan, the two Bieber lookalikes, going at it, but still <laughs> excited for this game, and I think it should be a beauty. I got the Canes one to twelve. I do think it could be really close. What about you, Mitch? Yeah, look, I was the exact same. I at the start of the week had um probably the Reds just edging it if O'Connor was healthy. I thought we might have the return of either Sarah Uru or Liam Wright, just um helping stock up that back row a little bit for us. But uh yeah, James O'Connor's experience, having him gone is a massive hole to fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lawson Crichton's never started a game of Super Rugby, so there's gonna be a massive step up for him. Um and I was, you know, that was the one thing I was kinda of looking forward to is having a more experienced fly half and surprisingly Morgan's actually edged him in that. Um I think one of the things that uh, stood out a little bit though is that Hurricanes teams really um, pulling out some wins sort of against the odds. And the Reds, they're in a similar boat. They should be a lot better on paper, but they've really just, as you said, Jimmy, not really uh, putting teams away that they should be. So to me, I think just with all that in mind, the Hurricanes are going to be a bit strong. I expect it to be close. I expect Tupo to give uh, Rackety Stones his first real challenge, but um, I still see uh, Canes just edging this one, unfortunately. And no Jordan Pattire either. Is, how long's his injury? Do you have any insight onto that? No, I haven't heard about that one. He... um he's actually been impressing me that he hasn't been injured more. This is the most games he's strung together uh, ever in his super career, which is um, pretty good to see. But I, I really like that it's been timed with the return of Jock Campbell. Um, when I look at this Reds team, even though Crichton does throw a bit of a spanner in the works, there's probably five players in that back line that are Wallabies incumbents. They're sort of you know on the cusp, and this is kind of the season they need to push themselves because there's wing spots open. Dalguna and Vinavali could take one of them. We don't have a set fullback, so Jock Campbell's pressing his case, and Hunter Paisami probably just fell away to uh, Lenikatel in that 13 jersey with the birth of his child last year. So I, I see this as them really wanting to stamp their case, and if they put on a performance, they could edge it, uh, but it'll take something pretty mighty. I think it's going to be a great watch, that's for sure. The player I've highlighted is the one I highlight very regularly, Geordie Barrett, with a shift back to fullback. He was impressive at 12. 
Um, obviously, Jason Holland's been listening to the keyboard warriors who have been wanting Peter Umanga Jensen at 12 and Balin Sullivan at 13 and getting Geordie back to fullback. So they're all happy this week. They're going to get the uh, midfield combo that they want to see and see the return of Geordie Barrett back to fullback. Who can play anywhere? He's so good anywhere, but I think he's going to have a massive influence on this game. Who have you highlighted, Surly? Yeah, I went with Aidan Morgan, mentioned him before, but was impressed with him last week, thought he finished the game really well and excited to see him start in the saddle this week against, as you mentioned, Mitch, another inexperienced first five, so it'll be good to see some young boys going at it, trying to lead their team to a victory. You, Mitch? Yeah, I mentioned Tupo before, but the other player I think deserves a mention is Hamish Stewart. I think probably one of the most underrated players in Super Rugby at the moment, but he's just someone that really leads by example defensively and sets the tone, I think, with a lot of the big hits, steps into first receiver a lot. And so I actually expect him to take the load of Lawson Crichton quite a bit to help steady his first start. Um, the other big thing is he's the second most experienced Reds player that's going to be out in the park. You know, the only person with more caps is Tupo. So I think someone with his leadership, even at only 24 years old, he's really going to step up. Um, and he might not be flashy, but I think he'll actually direct the team around pretty well this weekend. Jeez, I love that insight from you, Mitch. Some real good stats and great knowledge. Love that. Okay, the next game is Highlanders versus the Brumbies. This is the one I think is going to be the closest game of the round. Highlanders, probably fair to say New Zealand's worst team, and I'm going to say Brumbies, probably Australia's best team at the moment. So um, this will be as close as they'll get to a... Um, victory, I think, the Aussies this weekend. But I'm still going the Highlanders 1-12. to I feel like they've been really growing their game the last few weeks. Um, really close games. Unlucky the last couple to um, not pick up the victory. But hopefully this weekend, against a slightly weaker opposition, they might get the job done. Thoughts, Surly? You with me on this one? Yeah, mate. Uh, patriotic Kiwis, we got to stay together. I was a bit on the fence for a bit there, but then um saw on the Highlanders' Instagram a few photos of the boys in the gym. Mitch Hunt had a tight white singlet, gold chain, and some sunnies on doing some bicep curls, so that got me over the line. I think if the Brumbies <laughs> see that pregame, they might not run out. Um, but Yeah, really looking forward to this. Like you mentioned, I reckon the Brumbies are, are probably the top Aussie side. Landers desperate for a win and I think they'll be pr- feeling pretty good on the back of their last couple of performances so yeah this should be good 1-12 to 12 to the Landers. Now I'm going to say Mitch you might be going against the grain here I think this is your chance to step up and put Aussie's case. Yeah they'll, they need to I think the uh, the change to the Reds team does make it hard but the Brumbies need to try and salvage some of the some of the faith loss from last year I think we were only two from 25 which really you know put us in a pretty um awkward position and trying to stake a case for being competitive. Uh, I think the Brumbies, as you said, best team against the worst New Zealand team. They really need to get a win here. And just looking on the uh, the teams on paper, the Brumbies have probably 12 or so Wallabies in there. Um, The Highlanders without Aaron Smith and Shannon Frizzell, I think only have Ethan DeGroote um, as a sole all-black, you know. So there's really nothing on paper that says the Brumbies shouldn't win. Um, My big concern is just this Highlanders team are gritty. You know, and they've come so close so many times and haven't quite been able to put away the New Zealand side. So uh, I think, especially off the back of that Hurricanes defeat, they're really going to be coming after this one. Um, I'm going Brumbies 1-12, to but it's way less confident than I'd like to be. <laughs> Who's your highlighted player? Looks like you've got the team sheets there. Yeah, highlight player for me. I think, looking at this Brumbies side, I want to go back to Lenny Cattell because he's just been so solid for them. But the return of Noah Lollasio couldn't have come at a better time. Um, Roddy Yona's done a really good job, a serviceable job, um, given he was only in his injury cover. Uh, but Lollasio, he's supposed to be the next big thing for the Wallabies fly half. So if he can really 
you know, Saker's case here, he's up against the legend Marty Banks, so he's, he's you know he's got a big task ahead of him. But um, this is a great time to showcase. Hey, O'Connor's injured. Quaid's not in the country. Uh, I can do the job for us for sure. Speaking of Marty Banks, that must be you, Surly. That's your highlight player, surely. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll have to back Marty Banks, and then he was. Desperate for a start, came on what a lad, and shit, things have happened for him. His career's taken off. Have it on good authority. Ian Foster and the guys at, at the All Blacks HQ casting an eye over Marty. That's the next step in his career. So I think he's going to do a number on the Young Wallabies 10 and another strong performance from old party Marty. Love that shout because i also really looking forward to seeing how Mitch goes at fullback, how they run this dual playmaker um, setup. I feel like they've just been missing another voice in that back line. Mitch has seemed to be having it all on his plate, um, trying to control everything at once. So having two guys out there calling the shots, giving a few more options in, Mitch will help Marty out massively. So I think it's going to be a huge game from Marty and Mitch to get them across the line. And it's probably going to come down to a famous Marty Banks penalty. Last game of the round, Crusaders versus the Rebels. Now, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be interesting to see how much the Rebels have improved. We've spoken about them improving every week. Now they get to show us how much they really have improved against the Crusaders. I'm thinking not enough, and I'm thinking the Crusaders 13+. plus. What are you going here, Mitch? Another case for the Aussies here? No, nah, mate, 13+, plus. I think, is pretty smack on. <laughs> I think um, if the Rebels play really well and the Crusaders have an off match, then maybe they only win by 30. But um, <laughs> it's going to be a, a bit of a spanking, I think, for the poor Melbourne boys. And I feel sorry because they're hosting the Super Round and they've chosen the hardest opposition <laughs> to come up against. So um, I, I don't think there's a harder team to play than Crusaders after a loss. Um, for the Rebels, I'll be looking out for Rob Liotta. Um, he had a really impressive, um, I think, Wallabies uh, test debut last year. And I think his game against England, he was someone that I wasn't really sold on. And he sort of proved a lot of Aussies wrong, I thought. So... His first game this year, I'm hoping he can sort of, you know, put in a big shift. But, I mean, he's up against Pablo Matera um, and the like. So, I think they'll be given a bit of a reality check this week. Mm. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go Crusaders 13+. plus. Oh, fair enough. Case early. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with what Mitch said there. The Crusaders with a sting in their tail are not a side you want to play. So, I'll be backing the Crusaders in 13+. plus. How good that they can reverse, rest old David Harvilly, give a couple All Blacks the week off, and then they get big Sam Whitelock back as well, which is massive for them. So, looking forward to this game, but I think a step too far for the improving Rebels. Yeah, player you've sort of mentioned there, replacing David Harvilly is Jack Goodhue. Awesome to see his return. I think he hasn't played a game of rugby for over 300 days. Huge break for the kid, but he's going to be straight back into that all-black frame. And a performance up against the Rebels will be a good way to um, put his name back out there in amongst the frame. Who was your highlight player, Surly? I went with Whitelock, just straight back in the mix, captain's armband. Barrett out with a bit of an extended Easter break, so looking forward to seeing Big Sam out there again. Mm, mate, it is going to be an unreal round. Looking forward to the first ever Super Rugby Magic round. Now, one thing that we have decided to do is go our top eight predictions. We're going to see how this form does line up throughout the rest of the year and see if we can give you guys our top eight for the end of the season because that's what it is going to come down to. We spoke to it with Andrew Goodman last week. It's pretty much going to come down to three games at the end of the year and you win this competition. So who wants to start us here? Top spot. Looking at the ladder, I think it is obviously a little bit uh, beefed up for the Aussies just because they got to play against each other. But I do expect probably three of them to to creep in. Um, the Blues and Crusaders, I think one and two. Um, 
I don't see either of those two losing any remaining matches. Um, I think they're just a, a step above the Aussie sides. So I think um, yeah, we can lock those two in for one and two. Number three, I think, is going to be really tight. I've, I've got to edge the Chiefs over the uh, two strong Aussie sides. I think they've just got enough in the tank. And this season, even though it hasn't all gone their way injury-wise and um, selection-wise, they've just been able to get a nice bit of squad rotation through. So they've got a whole heap of backs and uh, back rollers that have seen a lot of minutes and probably the best lock depth in the country. So um, I'll, I'll give them third. I'll put Brumbies at fourth and Reds in fifth. Um I'm kind of secretly hoping they finish fourth and fifth just so that uh, one of them is guaranteed a semi-final because they'll play each other in the quarters. So a uh, nice sneaky way to get the Aussies up there. Um, sixth spot, I'll go the Hurricanes. And then seventh, I think the Waratahs, if they can get one or two wins, Jeez. can sneak yeah. seventh. It'll just be tight because that eighth spot, I think that's the uh, interesting one. And unfortunately, because of the forced loss to the Rebels, I'm going to give that spot to the Highlanders. They've got too much of a point to prove, so they'll um, they'll sneak back up. And I'm, I'm hoping not quite do enough to usurp the Waratahs. Mm, interesting. Nice work. Good Aussie flavor in that. Um, what have you gone, Surly? It's actually oh, reasonably similar. A, a few changes, though. I went uh, the, the Blues and Crusaders in one and two, of course. Uh, the Blues will not lose. I got the Chiefs in three. Much of the same. Brumbies in four as well. And then I had the Canes in five, um, followed by the Reds in six, Landers in seventh. I think that they'll beat the, the Tars. And then I've got the Waratahs in eight. So that's kind of what I've got there. Uh, and then I've got the Rebels, Moana, the Force, and the Drua coming last, which really breaks my heart. But Yeah, a couple of your favourites. But Surly, I think your uh, top eight is sort of a mix between mine and Mitch, I've gone Blues. They'll think they'll finish top. I agree with you both. So I've got them finishing on 59 points. Crusaders in second on 56. Chiefs in third on 51. This is where I'm a little bit different. You know me who I back every week. The Hurricanes, I don't see them losing another game this year. I see them finishing on 49 points. I think they'll beat the Brumbies and the Reds. Um, I've got the Brumbies in at fifth on 38 points. Reds in sixth on 37. Then the Highlanders on 34 points. Um, I see them potentially losing one, maybe not, and Waratahs um, coming in at eighth. So that leaves us quarterfinals with Blues versus Waratahs, Crusaders, Highlanders, Chiefs versus Reds, Hurricanes versus Brumbies, which oh, we get to crunch time footy, knockout footy. That is going to be where it all starts to happen, isn't it? It's going to be some quarterfinal playoffs. Yeah, no, looking forward to that. I, I think um, I, I'm impressed by all the number crunching. You went above and beyond with the stats there, punching all the numbers for how many points they might end up on. Um, one of the things I think that will be the biggest difference this year, if they can do it, last year with the uh, Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, New Zealand team scored the first try in 20 of the 25 matches. So, you know, the Aussies just got off to such slow starts. Um, but interestingly, the Aussies actually scored the last try in uh, a bit more than half the matches, I think about 13 of the 25. So... They've got no problem with finishing. They've just got to start a lot better. So I, th- I think the interesting thing, the litmus test this week, if the Aussie teams can defend a little bit better and stop these sides from uh, racing off to big leads they can't claw back, then we might have a slightly slightly tighter comp. But, yeah, look, I, I do feel pretty intimidated talking to two Kiwis at the moment. This weekend's uh, <laughs> going to be a bit of a tough one. Mate, I love those stats to finish. They are very, very impressive. I... You're impressed with my stats, but I pretty much just added 30 to every New Zealand um, (laughs) (laughs) total at the moment. (laughs) Love it. Before we finish, um, lad of the week, who's your prediction for the best player of the park? You went pretty close last week, Surly. I'll let you start. 
Yeah, I have two here. The first one's a bit more out the gate, but I've gone the old groundsman at Amy Park. Six games of rugby. And then, of course, the mighty Warriors taking on Melbourne on the Monday night. So seven games. Those blades of grass are going to be copping an absolute punishing. So, yeah, tough times there. But uh, my lad of the week, similar again, Bodie. I just reckon that with the loose way that the draw play, the form that he's in at the moment, and then those threats outside him as well, I think he's going to be in for a big day and he, and he should make it look pretty easy. So hard to go past young Bowden. Fair shout. What about you, Mitch? Uh, look, for the Aussies, I was hoping maybe Harry Wilson has a step up. He's got, you know, the biggest task probably in uh, Super Rugby Pacific, which is, you know, coming up against Artie Sevilla. So if he can sort of, you know, impose himself there and, you know, show his running game and his you know his big hits as well, then I think he could really lay the platform if the Reds are to come close. Um, but I've seen the voting polls. The lad of the week is normally always a Kiwi. So I, I think I'll throw in <laughs> Thomas Umonga Jensen just because his little bat inside he did for the try assist, I thought was just sublime over the weekend. And the shift that uh, he's made to outside centre, I think that could be a really nice combination with him and Scott Gregory. Um, Scott Gregory, a really underrated 12 at the moment, but just playing some smart footy. So that could be a really nice uh, combo there to upset the Brumbies. Mate, I like that option. The guy I've gone for, I'm the same as you, Seal. I've gone the same guy as I did last week, Richie Mawang. I felt like he was unlucky not to get any votes last week. I thought he put on an absolute clinic, and um, I expect nothing less against this uh, Rebels side. Without The Crusaders won't have the likes of Will Jordan and David Harvilli, but like we mentioned, they replaced with George Bridge and um, Jack Goodhue, so there's no short of quality in that back line and looking forward to seeing the master himself, Richie Mawanga, put on an absolute clinic. But as always, boys, really appreciate you coming on the podcast, giving up your time, sharing your Aussie insight, Mitch. Um, some impressive stats there and great knowledge. Cheers, mate. I really enjoyed coming on and any chance to talk rugby. Um, always look forward to it. So absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You're a lad. Same as always, Surly. You're a legend. Cheers, mate. Go well. Enjoy the footy. Magic round.